Anybody watch uh, Frosty the Snowman last night? Karen? (laughs) I was thinking about that this morning because before I ever got here, I was a puddle. (laughs) I was just a puddle, just looking over my notes, praying the words of the song that we sang, which is, the song is where this message, the goodness of God, came from. A few weeks ago, we sang it, and I don't know, just uh, during worship, I was just overwhelmed just by the reality that we get to live in his goodness, that we get to live. And there's a line that says, I have lived in the goodness of God. And for whatever reason, whatever reason, that Sunday, that just overwhelmed me. That, uh, that in the 40 years of walking with him, I'm going to take this off. That we get to live in his goodness. That we get to live in his goodness. And uh, so, you know, I've been thinking about that ever since, and uh, it just uh, turned into a message. And uh, I, I didn't put all the words up here, but I started with this, this part of the chorus that I love your voice. I love your voice. And, and what that's, what, why that stuck out to me so much is, boy, when we learn to live in his goodness and we learn to embrace him and we learn to embrace his teachings and we learn to, to accept all that he has for us and, and, and quit, quit battling with him, we begin to hear his voice begin to hear his voice, we begin to recognize when he's speaking, and, and, and boy, we don't have a premium, we don't have a monopoly on it, we're still learning, but I love that we get to hear his voice. We, I, I shared some of this a few weeks ago, just how do we make decisions? We learn to hear his voice. We learn, we learn, we learn about those nudges of the Holy Spirit. We learn about and so I love his voice, and he leads us through fires, he leads us through darkness. This isn't a cakewalk. I'm not suggesting that because we live in the goodness of God that we're always on a mountain. Sometimes we're in valleys, but even in those valleys, he's speaking. And so as I was, uh, as I was contemplating this song again today and, and sitting at home just praying, and just ah, overwhelmed, overwhelmed with tears. And then, then I come in here today and the worship team starts practicing what do they start with what do they start with it's my grandson over there oh we've lived in the goodness of God we've lived with the goodness of God all my life you've been faithful all my life you've been so so good It's because of that, with every breath, with every breath, with every breath. I'm going to sing of his goodness. I'm going to sing of his goodness. Every breath. think about this for a minute before we get into the the word just think about your life ask yourself am I living in the goodness of God 
Ask yourself that. I mean, I was, I, I think I shared some of this a few weeks ago just as I was overwhelmed that Sunday. But I, I think about my life since sitting in that dorm room at age 20. One step after another after another that he orchestrated to, to, to career, to marriage, to parenthood, now grandparenthood, to service, to getting to serve him in all kinds of ways. There's no better way to live than in the goodness of God. There's no better way to live than in his goodness. So think about your life today. Think about what he's done already. Think about where he's taken you. Think about things that have happened in your life that have, could never have happened without the intervention of Jesus. The psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd, probably one of the most familiar psalms, scriptural passages anywhere, we could probably all recite it. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters, he refreshes my soul, he guides me along the right paths, he guides us along the right paths, he will not guide you along a wrong path. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's here on earth. That's not a futuristic thing. That's now. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me, it's running after me, it's running after you, because the Lord is your shepherd. If he's not your shepherd, make him your shepherd today. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's two things there. While I'm here on earth, his goodness and his love are following me because I'm his. They're following you because you're his. But after we're no longer here on this earth, we get to spend eternity with him. So there's a couple promises there. I've lived in the goodness of God. I'm still living in the goodness of God. Why would I ever want to surrender that? What would I, anybody ever want to go back to? Confusion and chaos and darkness. The psalmist says this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living that's here on earth. That's here. The land of the living. 
You'll see the goodness of God. Stick close to him. Stick close to him. And as soon as you think you're as close as you can get, he'll say, "Uh uh-uh, I got more. We will never arrive. We will never arrive. So scripture gives us several accounts where acknowledging the goodness of God is a good thing. In 2 Chronicles, and this is, uh, this is Solomon's prayer uh, when he was bringing the ark uh, to the temple. And Pastor Ben, in his, in his message, The Hiding Place, a few weeks ago, referenced things about the, the ark of the covenant. And we're going to talk a little bit about covenant here later in this message, so we'll revisit that. But it was so awesome, and I, 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 I revisit this message uh, on, on, on our Facebook page of Pastor Ben's because he, as, he was, as he was reiterating all of, the, all of the things that were in the ark, all the things that were in there and, the, and what, they, what they represented, he said over and over again, that was me, that was me, Jesus, that was me, Jesus. Now, they didn't understand that back then. But it was a reminder of the goodness of God that these scriptures that we read about, they mean stuff. They're relevant. They're not just idle words on a page. So in 2 Chronicles, he says says in his prayer, may your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. Are you among his faithful people today? Well, if so, rejoice in his goodness. There's an instruction there. It's a few words. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. In Nehemiah 9, it's just giving a documentation of victories God had won on their behalf. And here's what it says. The captured fortified cities and fertile land, they took possession of houses filled with all kinds of good things, wells already dug, vineyards, olive trees in abundance. They ate to the full and were well-nourished They reveled in your great goodness. Do you ever just look back at just something simple maybe that he did and just revel in his goodness, the provision he made? They took possession of lands. They didn't even have to do stuff. Wells were already dug. Isaiah, I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things he has done for Israel according to his compassion and his many kindnesses. Think of your own life. Identify a kindness that he provided for you. Identify a work he did for you and rejoice in it. Make a list. I'm a list maker. I love to make lists. In Exodus 3.8, this was where God was observing the misery of his people in Egypt. 
all they were going through. He says, I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I love this passage. I love, I remember the first time reading this, coming across this passage about, I have brought you into a good and spacious land. Some versions say, I brought you into a spacious place. What is it about a spacious place? that is so uh, inviting. Well, there's room. There's room to move. There's room to grow. There's room to breathe. We're not confined. And what's interesting is the world will tell you that following Jesus is confining and it's limiting. But they don't know. They don't know the Jesus that we know. They don't know the goodness of God that calls us into a good and spacious place a land flowing with milk and honey. This says, but there's room to move. There's freedom in Jesus. It's not just a bunch of don't do this and don't do that. Now that's part of the equation, but that's not the sum total of what he brings to our lives. His goodness is running after us. He brought me out into a spacious place the psalmist says. And in Psalm 8, 34, 80 says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. I was thinking about this verse for whatever reason when I came across this verse. I don't, I don't see Tracy. Tracy not here today. I was thinking of Tracy. This is uh, Tracy Lemley. And this is her son and his, her, her daughter-in-law. And I think all three kids are over there. Uh, Tracy came to our pantry. She was from the community. And she said, I want to help. So she came and helped in the pantry. And she began, as she's working in the pantry, hanging around that crew, she begins to taste and see she begins to taste and see that the Lord is good. And I don't know how long it was, but it was a while. She was down there a while before she came to church on a Sunday. She surrendered. She tasted and she saw. And she said, I want that. I want that. And she's now living in the goodness of God. What's awesome is then she began sharing it with her family. Chad and Jen and the three kids. And Jen came. I think she was with her. She and her daughter were with her the the first week. Jen tasted and she saw She tasted and she saw. I don't know if it was that first week or the second week, but she was down here that, it wasn't too long, and said, I need Jesus. I need this Jesus. The next week we were having a baptism. Well, was it the next week? It was a few weeks. I think it was, it was a while. The next week, 
Chad shows up with her. It wasn't too long after that, he was down here. He tasted and he saw. He tasted and he saw. And a while later, we had a baptism. And they both got in the water and said, I don't belong to the world systems any longer. And the awesome thing about it is the goodness of God. They have the promise of the goodness of God following them all the rest of their days. And the promises for their children too. This is what we get to participate in. This is what we get to be about. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. All my life, you have been faithful. When I look at mistakes I've made in my life, even as a believer, things I've done that disappointed him, and I'm not suggesting that that still doesn't happen because it does. He's so faithful. He's so faithful. Why could David remain so confident when he said, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Why could he do that? Because he grasped the concept of covenant. It's an agreement God makes with his people. You follow me. Follow me. Why could David do that? Because he grasped the concept of covenant. Do you grasp the concept of covenant today? That because you are his, because you're in this, I'll call it a contract, but it's a covenant. It's an agreement with God. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to do everything you want him to do at every whim. He will do some things you want him to do because that's just how, who he is. You're his. And he says, we're allowed to ask. Have you grasped the concept of covenant that no matter what you go through, you're in covenant relationship with and you are his and he will work out the difficult thing for your good. He will work it out. He will lead you. He will teach you how to hear his voice. I love your voice. I love his voice because it will not lead me astray. It will not lead me astray. It's interesting. Pastor Ben was supposed to speak today. He's on quarantine. So I messaged him Tuesday, Wednesday, and said, I didn't know this yet. I said, hey, just whenever you get your title for Sunday, let me know. And he said, I just this moment found out I'm in quarantine, <laughs> and I won't be there. Well, it's interesting because we only have, after today, we only have two more Sunday services, Christmas and the last one of the year. 
and I'm, I'm usually on both of those. But he had spoken this word to me weeks ago when we sang this song, and I thought, well, I'm just going to have to hold on to that. I love his voice. No matter what happens, he has a plan and a purpose. In 2 Samuel, we hear about covenant. Now, O Lord God, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, establish it forever. Your covenant relationship with God, with Jesus, is not temporary. It is not temporary. Establish it forever and do as you have said, so let your name be magnified forever, saying the Lord of hosts is the God of Israel, and let the house of your servant David be established before you. Covenant. Covenant. Sovereign Lord, you are God, your covenant is trustworthy, and you have promised these good things to your servant. When you are in covenant with Jesus, he promises you good things. I'm not suggesting that those good things don't ever have pain. There's not ever any pain. There's not any ever suffering. That would be a lie. That's part of living this life. Covenant. Establish it forever. In Numbers... Told the men of our class this week I was using a verse from Numbers. Who goes to Numbers, you know? Just, just to read Numbers, you know? Now Moses said to Hobab, son of Rol, the Midianite, Moses' father in law, We are setting out for the place about which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. Moses understood covenant. Moses understood that if God said it, he's going to do it. Remember, this is Moses, the one who did not want to be God's appointed one, who fought every turn, say, I I can't speak, I can't do this. But as he stepped into his assignment, he saw the goodness of God. He saw the value. He saw the value of covenant with God to the point where in this situation, he said, Hey, come with us. Now, they haven't even begun the journey yet. But he knows his God. He knows the goodness of his God who has made a promise. And he not only is setting out there for himself and his crew, but he's inviting others. You come with us too, and we'll treat you well, because we'll be blessed. That's understanding the goodness of God. That's understanding the agreement that we have in covenant.
Now the awesome thing is that in Christ, the scripture tells us we have a better covenant. We have a better covenant. I don't know about you, I'm glad I don't have to sacrifice an animal. I get to come boldly into the throne room because he gave me access. He gave you access. We get to come up close bringing only our sacrifice of praise. Why do we spend so much time in worship? Because it pleases him. And you don't have to be a singer to enjoy that. Lindsay says, thank God. She can sing though. Hebrews, how much more than will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death? I don't know about you. Well, I do because we're all human beings and we've all done things that should have led to death. Just simply in our sinful state, which separated us from him so that we may serve the living God. Cleanse us from our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. He did that. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. Thank God that those who are called may receive the promised eternal, eternal inheritance. That those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance both here on earth and forever. His goodness and mercy will, and love will follow me all the days of my life. Well, my life is on earth right now. Second Corinthians, we read this about this new covenant. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are confident in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. His goodness, nothing of us. But our competence comes from God. Our competence comes from God. Do you know that whatever it is you do for your profession, he wants to work in that job he wants to give you favor in that job he wants to give you success in that job he wants to to work he doesn't just work in spiritual things he works in the everyday details of our life so whatever it is that you're doing in your job if you consult him and you keep company with him in the middle of that profession expect to see him work Expect to see things that happen that you think are impossible. When I look at my, my almost 20 years at the, working at the Vindicator, a newspaper man, a, 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 an industry that uh, as a whole wants nothing to do with Jesus, but I got to infiltrate the ranks. I got to shine light.
And interestingly enough, everything about my earthly profession was used to prepare me for this one. The things that I look back on, that I learned along the way in a secular job. So he wants to work in your jobs. He wants to work in your every detail. He makes you competent. He's made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Yes, the roles matter, but the Spirit supersede the roles. The instruction in the roles are sound and good. So if he says, don't do this, don't do that, it has value. But when we do that anyway, there's still an answer. Now, I'm not suggesting we do that anyway just because there's an answer. But I'm grateful there's an answer. His name is Jesus. So, as I was studying for this, I came across this passage and it really jumped out at me. See, we are the benefactors of a covenant relationship. We're the benefactors. And I, you know, I could probably go around this room and everyone, you know, almost every one of us has in some way experienced the goodness of God. We've seen the goodness of God and we could be here all day giving testimony to that. But this passage talks about what happens when we don't have a relationship with them, when we don't have access to that. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, send this message to all the exiles. This is what the Lord says about Shemaiah, the Nehelamite, because Shemaiah has prophesied to you, even though I did not send him, dangerous turf there, take note, if you're not sent, don't go. Don't do things he hasn't assigned you to do. even though I did not send him and has persuaded you to trust in lies. This is what the Lord says. So this is, this is a word from God. I will surely punish Shemaiah the Nehelamite and his descendants. He will have no one left among his people, nor will he see the good things I will do for my people. Nor will he see the good things I will do for my people, declares the Lord because he has preached rebellion against me. Oh my goodness, I read this verse and it just it jumped off the page because, and I've been saying this a lot lately uh, just about the numbers of people in the middle of a pandemic that refuse, refuse, refuse or refusing to surrender. They're, 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 they're settling for their rebellion and because of that, they'll never see the good things that God has for them. They'll never see them. And I don't want that to happen. I think about one of my, I've shared this in men's class, one of my editor friends. It's the editor friend that opened the door for me to be able to write a weekly column about my faith in a secular newspaper on the editorial page for four and a half years. He's the one that allowed me to do that. But he will not budge. He will not budge. He can't see the good things. 
And I'm, if it's my last breath, I'm, I'm going to just keep, I keep reaching out. I keep sending him things. I keep. And he knows it's because I love him. It's not, I'm not trying to hound him. I'm not trying to beat something into him. But there's a whole world like that out there. That if we, and, and Pastor Shane said it last week, if we're not sending the invitation, if we're not sending the invitation and saying you've been invited to participate in kingdom stuff, who will? Who will? Because they'll never see the good things that, boy, I've experienced for 40 years. For 40 years. Yes, we've already looked at this verse. We're going to look at it again. I remain confident, David said. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But then we'll give you the next line. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. There's a a part of the equation that requires something of us. Wait. Wait for him. His goodness is running after me. So what's what's the next line in the song? My life laid down. I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. That demands a response. My life I lay down. I lay it down. I wait for the Lord. It's the only way I'll have the strength to carry on. It's the only way I won't lose heart because of horrific things that happen in life. But I wait for him. I hang with him. I interact with him. Do you know that he's still, we pray about, we pray over the healing basket. Do you know he's still your healer? I, uh, some of you know I work out. And uh, I was working out yesterday, and I worked out really hard. And my wife says I should not do this at my age, but I am still. I worked out really, really hard, and I thought I hurt myself. All day yesterday, I was like, had winces in my chest. So two things you think of. Am I having a heart attack? And do I have COVID? <laughs> Everything is COVID. <laughs> you know. This is why I love that we get to know his voice. Because even if it's a heart attack, I really don't want to go to the hospital. And of course, even if it's COVID, I don't want to go to the hospital because they're just going to send me home. And but I know my body pretty well. 
and I just knew that I had overdone it. Uh, some of you will remember an exercise class we had here a number of years ago. Micho, Micho led us in an exercise class, and I, and I came all prepared to be tough and keep up with him, and, and I almost passed out, you know. But I said, Lord, if this is something that I need to pay attention to, please show me. Please, God, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to mess around. If it's, you know, anything related to COVID, I don't want to mess around with Connie, you know. I mean, I don't want to, you know, infect her. But as the day went on, as the day went on, I could just tell it was just, I just pinched something or just, I don't know, who knows, just strained something. And, uh, she was all worried about me because I, I said, I'm going to bed at like, it's like 10 o'clock. She's like, you don't go to bed this early. I said, well, I worked out hard today and my arms were hurting a little bit. And She was all worried about me. She woke up you know, this morning. She's like, are you, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm great. I'm doing really good. And by the time I got here today, no sign of anything wrong. No sign of anything wrong. I could still jump. I could still do all the things I love to do in worship. And I say that all for this very reason. We serve a God who is full of goodness that we can, he can be counted on. He can be counted on. He can be trusted. I can say with David, I remain confident. I remain confident I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I'm going to wait for him. I'm going to wait for him. Are you going to wait for him? Are you living your life in his goodness? Are you living your life in his goodness? If so, explain that to somebody. Tell somebody what that looks like. Tell somebody what that means to you. Tell somebody what, how that came to be. Somebody needs to hear your story. Let's stand. His goodness is running after you. What did David say? Where can I flee? Where can I flee? Where can I run? Nowhere. Nowhere. And my question is, why would you want to? Why would you want to? Oh, yes, thank you. Uh, we forgot this last week, so we're doing it this week. Forgot dollar offering, dollar offering. Uh, so as you know, as we get get your dollar offering running out, and I'll pray over it before we before we go. But uh, get your dollar offering for the pantry.
But I want you to spend some time thinking about your life, about living in his goodness. What has he done? Document some things that he's done, not just things that he did 20 years ago. What's he doing now? I mean, I love great testimonies from many years ago, but his work doesn't stop. His work doesn't stop. The transformation at salvation is awesome and worth noting and worth documenting. But if he did something 20 years ago and there's nothing, not a whole lot happening now, what's the issue? Because his goodness will follow you all the days of your life. pray. Father, I thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you for your goodness, for your goodness, for your goodness that follows us over and over and over again constantly, constantly. You're doing stuff constantly. You're speaking constantly. You're working out things on our behalf that we can't sometimes even see. I thank you for your voice because you know how to lead us and you know how to tune our ears to it. So keep tuning our ears to your voice so that we know when you say go, we go. When you know when we say don't do that, we don't do that. I pray that every one of us in this room today will have a big old list of the goodness of God, of the goodness of God testimonies in our lives things you've done that deserve to be acknowledged because you did them. So I pray blessing on this people today. Pray blessing on each household, on each individual. As we go out of here today, I pray that as we bring our dollar offering on our way out, as we put our, our offerings in the basket back there for the pantry, that you will multiply it, you will use it, for your glory. Just put deposits in us today that change us forever, that take us somewhere, somewhere higher, deeper. It's all for your glory, Jesus. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, there's people here who will pray for you.